Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Sharins and Dreadlords? This is Steven, your host from Phantology, with my Wheel of Time pals, Caden and Jake. And uh, we are, this is a bit of an end of an era because this is the last book. Uh, and we haven't reviewed New Spring yet, and, and we will once uh, once you get around to reading it, Caden. But, you know, that's that, that that's a different story. And this is this is an ending. It's not the ending, of course, but it's it's an ending. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I don't know what to do with myself now that I've finished. I've been reading these for two, two and a half years now, and I don't know what to do with myself. It's understandable. Uh, the uh, the post series binge is something that uh, every experienced reader and watcher of TV shows has experienced, <laughs> and uh, this one especially so because, like you say, it's it's been so long and you're so invested in everything at this point. The ending did it did live up to my expectations though. It like. It was worth the all the effort I put into the series. The ending, I think, it, mm. it, it was great. I have I have no complaints. Maybe I should be more critical, but I I really liked how it all turned out. That's good to hear. That's good to hear because it's like you said, been like two and a half years of your life. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah, not necessarily it, it, dedicated right. to this, but it, um... I guess there is one like. I'm not a super critical person when I read books, but ending of series is something that does really bother me if they get it wrong, and. And mm-hmm. so having a series end out well, this one did. And I'm, I really appreciate it. Never watched the Game of Thrones TV show, Kidden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were, were you worried? Were there like things you were like um, not confident it could live up to its own hype about? Or were you just kind of carried along in the wave of excitement? Um, one thing I'm always concerned about in like stories like this is you have the big evil bad guy it's supposed to be so powerful and how do you do that confrontation and have like the poor weak hero come off victorious without it seeming like not a real contest and like mm. prime example of this to me is like the aragon series um oh, which is probably yeah. not, a, not a great Woof. part of the set but like first yeah. first thing that comes to mind right is just like you all the build up and then like no delivering and so I was a little worried that like it'd be a similar to that where he goes to fight the dark one and it's just like just kind of a sad confrontation. It's like but, hand wavy. Oh yeah, the hero yeah. wins and like what? Yeah. How did he win? That doesn't make any sense. So that was my biggest concern going into the book, and it wasn't like that. Yeah, I think that that is something um, I could see a lot of people kind of concerned about just because the dark one has always been hyped. It's had like pretty much zero on screen presence. And so, like, how do you how do you convey that the right way? And mm-hmm. um, I think it does a pretty good job. I mean, it's I think it's different enough to where I don't know. Probably the fact that it's not like this corporal battle helps. You know, it's more this battle of wills. And I think Sanderson and Robert Jordan did a good job of conveying that and making it an exciting thing, and not just like, Ugh, 
you know, he's he's struggling with his mind. <laughs> Not just shooting beams of energy across at each other and watching the the beam go back and forth between them and <laughs> for three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Although I mean it kind of that's what it was with the like their mental wills, that's basically what it was. Yeah. I mean, should we should should we start should we jump in and like talk yeah. about this? Okay, so yeah, let's let's just jump right into the to the review of the book then, and and this is what we're interested in right in uh, right right now apparently. So yeah, Caden, what did you like about it? I just like everyone's like arc. Okay, so I think well another one of the things I was worried about, and I told you guys this in the last episode, was that everyone was just going to come out unharmed as well. Like I didn't, I was worried mm-hmm. that the battle scene wouldn't be realistic. I guess. And I thought that Brandon Sanderson, and I've read some other Brandon Sanderson battle scenes before, and I should have had some faith in it. But, you know, I didn't know what, what was set in stone already or what wasn't. I mean, Brandon has a hard time killing his characters, so... That's true. That is, that is true. <laughs> but I felt like enough people died, like the battle felt realistic, like, or in a sense that, like, you know, there, there, there were good and bad things happening, right? It wasn't like the one side just dominated the other. I mean, the it didn't look like the good guys were going to win and a lot of people died. So I like that part. I liked the, uh, just overall, um, kind of like the highlight moments for different characters, right? You got to see mm-hmm. pretty much their arcs all complete in this book, right? You had Matt's huge moments being the general and parents fights and, uh, yeah, just all those moments I thought were really well done. I think, I think with the series this big and like a conflict that has been like hyped up so much, um, I don't know. We have like some pretty key players who who don't make it like to the other side of the battle alive. And I, I don't know. Some people say it was like really heartbreaking. Like there were sad moments, but it just really felt like you know that was that was like the effort they needed to give in order to um, spoiler alert beat the dark one. You know, like um, Egwene dying and um, Gowan and. I don't know. Those are the the big ones, Swan um, and Gareth Brand and all them. When they died, like it was sad, but it was also like, you know, as long as the light wins, we're good. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was like when I was first reading it. That was the main thing. I was like, okay, yeah, they can die as long as like this doesn't get screwed up too much. Which was like a I don't know. It feels like such a it's like a good sign of how um, epic the conflict. So biggest emotional payoff from these moments is it it maybe it may be hard to separate like which or maybe not even most emotional? maybe not even like payoff but like what what moment elicited the strongest emotional response of any kind like fist pump or gut punch or 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 we could just talk about like a few different ones i suppose so i i'll, I'll yeah to start with one lands moment um that's yeah, writing in right like just from the moment that whole scene started with tam and the archers like it was just like such a cool scene as he's describing like these arrows falling on these trollocs right just like right ahead of land as he's like diving in and you're just like land's gonna die right here like and yeah so that moment was like when he yeah kills demon dread was pretty amazing and the path with the the sheathing the sword yeah from, from way back and that, yeah, as he started to go right? into it, I was like, I did, I was like, yep, I remember that conversation, and I, I, I had guessed. I, I thought he was going to die completely, though. I didn't think Lan was going to make it out from that. So. Yeah, especially after seeing a Gowan and Galad. Um, yeah. Well, I guess 
Glad didn't die from it. He was just no. Nah, he just got he got his he arm got cut off. Arm. Yeah. Did. yeah. Yep. I think for me, um, probably the the most emotional one when I first read it was the um, like with yeah the, for uh, sure the flame of Tarvalon weave and just like just that build up of her you know she's pulling in too much and like but it's just too late you know and just gotta I don't know uh-huh. and she leaves like such an epic like monument to her it's like its own dragon mount yeah and that one's got this the same with the land moment where it's got all this positive energy around like this awesome thing is happening along with this negative you know foreboding of like Elaine is pulling in too much or Lan is on the suicide mission it's probably not going to go very well so as a reader you've got like these two huge strong emotions warring in your mind and that really makes it memorable but yeah also Egwene Egwene dying for me as I was reviewing the uh, for the book that that one still I still felt some emotions as I was uh, reading through the book summary of, of some points to get ready <laughs> Um, another so this is kind of a low well, actually moment. actually Caden, one more thing with the Gwen. so yeah yeah, yeah go ahead th- yeah yeah there's so there's some foreshadowing for this in the tv show i don't know you probably didn't catch it at the time because you didn't know what's gonna happen with her but okay. when they're when they're like on their horses and moraine is telling the story of menethrin she talks about the queen of menethrin i suppose who burned herself out and it like focuses oh. on Gwen for a long time and like okay. that's got to be some purposeful, you know, little Easter egg foreshadowing for big fans. Sure. Yeah, yeah but go, I, okay, I go ahead. Go ahead with your point. <laughs> no, okay, so this is this is kind of like a low key moment that probably I don't think would come up otherwise. But Telmanis in the beginning, I don't know how you say his name, something like that. I think it's pretty um, good. Yeah. In the uh, in Camblin when they're rescuing the dragons, right? Um, like, and he almost dies. Like for some reason, I was really invested in his like outcome and not dying it felt like he was pretty uh-huh. heroic and so that, that you know that was his highlight of the book right at the beginning and like i just gotta give him a shout out because i thought it was really cool and for some reason was really emotionally invested in that maybe that was like back at the portion of the book where there weren't 10 different characters fates that were held in balance <laughs> at the same time it's like that's oh true. you can focus all of your emotional energy on this one guy that's true <laughs> i i do think um the moment where they finally blow the horn at the last battle, just all that lead up, like I think they built the tension really well with Fael and Olver, just like, like trying to like escape everything and feeling totally mm-hmm. surrounded, and then Olver blowing the horn. I just thought that was awesome. Too. That was like, not like a emotional like the Egwene moment, but more emotional and just like so much like a. What am I thinking? I don't know if you've seen Galaxy Quest. Have you guys seen that movie? I have, but I'm yes, not gonna remember a whole lot. Um, at the end, when they call um, the nerd guy to give them like uh, advice on how to like beat the ship or whatever, and he's like on the phone with them, talking to him, and he just goes like, he's like all by himself, and he's just like yes, just like up in the air, and like no one is around to like like share with his joy. That's how I felt with Oliver blowing that horn, just like <laughs> no one knows what's happening, but that was such a great moment. Anyways, <laughs> to me, like. I don't. Yeah, I thought of like Avengers Endgame in the portal scene, like with the. the I was thinking of the music during that time. Oh, I don't know if you guys uh, like yeah. know the soundtrack very well, but like that music was like playing in my head as like <laughs> nice. the heroes of the horn are like appearing. So that's what nice. it was for me. Yeah. The on your left part. Uh-huh. Arthur Hawkwing on your left yeah. comes in <laughs> behind Matt again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can think of. I probably can't do spoilers, but I can think of two other 
big fantasy books where I've thought of the Avengers Endgame portals scene. One is a Sanderson, one is a one is a Dresden. And uh yeah, those those moments are fun. <laughs> yeah. Dang, I'm not yep. sure what the, the Sanderson one is you're talking about. Oh, maybe I do. Yeah. Yeah, just think of like big yeah, battle I, type times when that w- yeah, might yeah. be happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with the with the horn, it was also cool to have Brigetta, who had just died, come back yeah. as the hero and get Hanlon back right away and save yeah. Elaine. Like that, that was that was another nice thing. And then uh, like Hawkwing coming and saluting Matt. That you know, there there are a lot of kind yeah. of cool things and, and very lots of tie-ins. And I think you mentioned this, Kaden, but it seemed like every character got their moment in the to to shine at least and minor characters maybe only like a page or two but everyone kind of got at least some wrap-up of what they had been doing the previous 13 books i even think there were like random point of views i need to go back and double check this from like like pre like prologue characters you know like they had like the farmers and sometimes when they just like oh i gotta pack up the farm and go fight the last battle i think they had like a couple random point of views from those characters and you're just like mm. who is this person and why are they even in this like battle scene for like one page right um even so, like yeah. the the hinder hinder snap yeah. village yeah. comes in and does something <laughs> that was such a sanderson move too just like <laughs> yeah all right let's use these uh basically undead people to fight for us <laughs> it did feel a little out of place with the rest of the battle but... he put them in initially right they were in uh i don't know i don't know if yeah, they were in uh, Towers were in of Midnight the Earth Gathering. Yeah, he, he, wrote, he wrote them initially. Maybe Robert Jordan had something on him, yeah. but like, it was kind I, yeah. of his thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, the origin story. Seems pretty Sanderson, but definitely the use case there was, like, yeah. 100% in. Yeah. What, what, what about, like, do we know if Andrew's storyline was, like, planned he by was, Robert Jordan beforehand? I think he was a, a character created by Brandon. I'm okay. like 99% sure on that. Because mm. to me, the Andrew and Pavara storyline and with the seals in this book also like being stolen and have to be recaptured, that whole part felt like, yeah, it felt more of like a, to explain kind of what was going on with Rand in the last battle almost, like a little bit to give some like context there than, than anything else for me. I mean, I would guess Sanderson realized he needs to do a Black Tower conflict and resolve yeah. this plot line and he's like i need a point of view character to do it through and maybe he could have done this through Logan, but introducing andrel I, I think was a great choice yeah because then it freed up Logan to be elsewhere you know instead of at the black tower through the whole mm-hmm. i was expecting Logan to have a bigger part i think in the last battle because of like the Mint's foreshadowings. Yeah. Like, I feel like those were really played up. Like, some of the foreshadowings, like, weren't played up and then became, like, really big moments in the story. And mm-hmm. then, like, some of the foreshadowings were way overplayed and ended up being, like, really minor points yeah. in the story. I remember feeling the same. I was hoping he had, like, a... I was thinking he would have a more decisive role at the... Or at Shia yeah. Ghoul with Rand. And it seemed, after reading, I was like, oh, I guess a lot of men's viewings are more to do post the series. Like... Yeah. And the next age. Is there like extended writings or anything like official, like here's what happens to the character, a, a la like JK Rowling's, you know, this is what happens in the Hogwarts world years later? I'm trying to remember. There's like the, the White Wheel of Time book and the Wheel of Time Companion. I might be confusing the two. There's two like Wheel of Time type mm-hmm. enc- encyclopedia. Right. I don't 
I don't know if there are any that like. I mean, I I wouldn't really expect there to be since Robert Jordan died. Yeah. I mean, we we just get the viewings. Maybe we can extrapolate some from Avienda's mm. viewings of the future, but yeah. obviously that didn't necessarily like happen the way that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, they kind of left it as a cliffhanger, right? There's an ending scene with the wise ones in Avienda, and they're like, "We still have work to do, right? There's still we still need to prevent the the future. Mm-hmm. It's different, but there's still something we need to do, right?" Yeah. So it's totally a cliffhanger. We'll never know. Besides and I thought cliffhanger. it was cool. Uh, like after all the focus of prophecy throughout the series you see some direct prophecies that are not going to, like Avienda's vision um, as she's going through Ruidian is not going to happen the way that she saw it. So it's cool to think that, you know, there's prophecy, but there's also free will and choice to see if a prophecy happens or not, which was, you know, the, the big thing in Rand's conflict with the Dark One as well. So that was kind of a nice theme here throughout the ending of the series. I think uh, kind of tying into that, um, and I think by the time this book came out, you know, series like Game of Thrones were in full swing. And so this kind of mindset was already there. But I think The Wheel of Time really helped blaze this trail where the ending is happy, but it's also it's not like this final, complete, happy ending. Like mm. speaking of um, Avienda's uh, journey in Rudian, she like her making the what is it? the Aiel be like the enforcers of the dragon's piece. She was yeah. like, we need a purpose, but it's not like that was uh, like guaranteed to stop whatever's going to happen in the future. She saw, you mm-hmm. know? So there's still this like uncertainty of how are things going to play out with the Shan Chan and the Aiel and everybody in the future? Will the dragon's piece hold like it's, it's a happy ending, but it's not mm-hmm. the happy ending as you would say in the wheel of time. Mm. <laughs> and I thought that was, I don't know. It was it really balanced that like more Tolkien happy ending to like a more modern happy ending. That being said, I guess the ending of the Lord of the Rings isn't just one hundred percent happy. But anyways, especially with the whole scouring of the shower piece that never made it into the into the movie. Yeah, I was thinking like after that with the fact that like Frodo never really healed. He had to go to the the West Haven or Grey Haven mm-hmm. in the West. But, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyways, I, I love, um, there's always like little theory posts coming up on Reddit every once in a while still like, so did Avienda change the future? Like, is that really going to be enough? Mm. But I heard uh, in a recent something that Sanderson was talking about, he said, I think someone asked him like if he had any regrets or like what was one of the hardest ethical decisions he had to make in his career. And he said one, one conundrum, one thing that he did have to think about a bit was when he was writing The Wheel of Time, he had uh, he had an offer to basically like continue writing books in the world like forever and just continue milking it. And he decided not to, which I think would you know was was the right decision. I don't th- I don't necessarily know if this was something he really had to uh, think about hard because I think he really respects what Robert Jordan was doing, and uh, and that would have been going against his vision. But I think maybe part of the part of that offer, like part of the reason why that even would have made sense is because there are so many things that are like left open. Like mm-hmm. you could easily write another series, a follow up series in the world. Yeah, it's a really nice balance of tidying things up in a great way, but also leaving open enough to to want more stories. I don't know. I think it would have been awesome. It would be awesome to get more stories from the Wheel of Time, but like it's. I feel like the probability of over milking it is a lot higher kind of 
like what's mm-hmm. happened to the Dune series. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Robert Jordan doesn't have any uh, sons that are that are milking it. <laughs> Harriet, Harriet, maybe you should release the new one. I don't know. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so we have the TV show, the uh, the the additional turning. I would, I'd be okay with yeah the additional turning. I'd be okay with somebody finishing the new spring trilogy if there were like if there is enough. Um, yeah, that could be good. Plans for that set in stone, or an Age of Legends exploration would be awesome, which I guess is going to be a movie. Really? Supposedly, yeah. Um, you didn't remember that one coming out before Wheel of Time season one came out? Um, somebody announced. Maybe production of an age of legends movie and it's not in conjunction with amazon it's through sony i think still whoever has hmm. the like the band of what is it the band of the red hand whatever the the company is that owns um the rights to the will of time tv show the ones um, that did not not the ones that did winter's dragon the... yeah same people same they still own the rights to the tv show hmm so they optioned the Wheel of Time TV show through Amazon via Sony, or, but they've also optioned a movie of the Age of Legends through somebody else. Oh, okay. and, they, and they announced it like right before season one came out to try to like mm. build the hype. And Amazon was immediately like, hey, we're not a part of this. So anyways, that could be cool, but it could be. But you do hear these adaptation things all the time, and so it's hard to say what's actually going to happen and what's not. Yeah, I think they announced it at that time just because the show was about to come out and there was hype there, and like to mm-hmm. get to try to like get more people to like say, "Hey, look, there's this fan base already," and like get more funding. Sure. I guess, okay. Yeah, I could I could get behind an Age of Legend, uh, Age of Legends show. If Robert Jordan were still alive after finishing the New Spring trilogy, I would have hoped that he would explore more stories from the age of legends hmm. anyways okay what other what other big moments i mean i think i think the come on guys i think the one of the biggest moments is the whole demon dread right yeah is that not what you're big, gonna say the huge gateway anytime there's huge gateways yeah. i told this to Caden already um, anytime <laughs> there's huge gateways in this book it's awesome the scene that i've been hinting at for like several book reviews now with you guys is obviously the the andrel volcano scene which i was my favorite yeah probably my single favorite like fist pump scene of the of the book that was i i mean that was pure sanderson right like for, for, yeah for sure well, i mean it, yeah. it came from andrel too so it's got to be right yeah yeah <laughs> but then also the sharons showing up through their huge gateway yeah what, what was your take on that because people are really split with demon dread in general so what was your how did you take that I like as it was happening. I was like trying to figure out who the heck these people were. <laughs> You're like, wait, Shara is a thing. I remember that on the map. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, hang on a second. Like, I feel like I know all the people. Like, I feel like I had a good grasp of, yeah, the world at this point, and uh-huh. apparently didn't. So I, I liked. I have no problem with it. I mean, we we've been wondering for like six books where what Demon Dread's up to, right? You kind of knew what everyone yeah. else was up to, so. yeah i yeah i like it i think it was interesting his like how twisted he had become him and like moradin felt like they had like completely lost it in this book where in like Mm -hmm. previous books they were a little bit more reasonable it felt like um still evil but like at least logical and it felt like in this book they're just like we're just gonna kill everyone that's it yeah i i guess a lot of people had issue with it because 
they're like, he hasn't, you haven't seen any of it. And then all of a sudden he's here with this huge army and it's like, how are you supposed to like track that? I think there are good hints from it, um, but it's not super blatant. And it is called kind of like this, what's the opposite of like a deus ex machina? <laughs> like instead of this like <laughs> plot necessary thing mm. happening for the good guys, it's the Diablo ex machina or whatever. That yeah, be. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Diablo ex machina. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really cool. And honestly, I don't know if this is in this book or if it was from that deleted scene. But basically, like, it helps um, create the parallel between Demon Dread and Rand more. Like, mm-hmm. he always saw Rand as this, like, rival. And he's he basically, like, fulfilled this prophecy to be the Sharon's, like, chosen one. That I guess um, some people theorize that Rand could have done as well. Like Rand could have met those same prophecies, but instead demon dread did. And so I don't know. It just like emphasizes this rivalry. Mm. So I thought the Sharans was a really cool thing. I was a little disappointed with the fact that he just sits there and goes, fight me. And just like, waits, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I wish he was more actively trying to find Rand instead of like waiting for people. Well, to he thought, him. he thought Matt was loose Theron. Yeah. Yeah, because of the the generaling. Yeah, but he's like, this dude's better than Luce Theron. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the River of Souls yeah, it's, story. Is that the one? Yeah, it's in the Unfettered um, collection. One of those uh, one of those anthologies, yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at it today. That anthology costs nine. It's, it's only in hardcover in physical form, and it's $95. But the ebook is on sale for three dollars to so get the hardcover recording <laughs> uh <laughs> probably get the ebook but yeah bay of the wild yeah, yeah i was maybe a little disappointed that he that he didn't take more um i guess demonstrative action but i mean the the sharns coming in that kind of gave me vibes of like the the wild men from the south in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for coming sure. Coming with their their elephants and everything, and all of a sudden, like the good guys are winning, and then all of a sudden, like, oh crap, here we come with the, you know, with the crazy guys that we've never seen before. And then you need the ghost army to wipe them out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I liked how many times we tried to kill Demon Dread in this book before he actually like yeah. died going through. Yeah. and Gowan, right? And was there anyone else? I think it was just those two. Those two and Lan. Lan. Anyway, I, I like, yeah, both times when each of the brothers go, you're just like, man, there's no way. But it, it like, is really intense, and, and he still comes out on top, which is kind of, mm-hmm. I thought it was well done. Any negative emotions around Gowan dying? I have Nell some. Ser- <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Caden. <laughs> Say, Nell served him right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, like, put on the rings. Like, I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, once again, you're... Like, even if Egwene lives through this battle, like, you're going to die now, right? And so, at that point, I'm like, you know, whatever happens to you, like, I don't even care anymore because... So, I don't really have that many negative, like... I was more concerned about Galad, which I was, like, really surprised about. Like, I was like, no, I don't want Galad to die. He's got to go be with uh, Fairling. Come on. My (laughs) negative emotions surrounding this revolve around how much hate he gets for it. They're in, like, the last battle. Demandred is this huge threat he is the main threat on the battlefield like the forces of the light are dying gowan's plan was not a stupid plan it was a suicide mission for sure which he knew he wasn't like 
thinking I'll just be this hero. He was like, we're in a rock and a hard place. Someone needs to do this. I'm more qualified than most. I'm going to go make this attempt. People call him such an idiot, like throw him under the bus for this. But that this was the right move for Gowan to make, in my opinion. I think him doing this did more for the last battle than if he had just stayed by Egwene's side. And he had already put on one of the rings to save Egwene the first time. So I think he was mm-hmm. like already kind of consigned himself to death, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this this was the right move for him. It distracted Demandred. It weak like it weakened him, you know. And who's like to say? maybe it had it maybe it had a chance of success. It it was yeah. I mean, who's to say if he didn't do that and like exhaust Demandred to the extent that he did and weaken him, that Gilad wouldn't have died or Lan wouldn't have been able to actually defeat him. Give my boy Gowan some credit. We already went who's over. To say? We already went over um, our last episode uh, that I recorded, at least, was us talking about our, uh, uh, what was it? Our uh, Far Snows, Mary, and uh, yeah, our our Valentine's Day episode. We talked about Gowan, and he got bail fired by pretty much everyone. But give him the credit where credit is due in this situation. This was a role uniquely suited for him. I mean... I don't know. That's that's my uh, that's my rant on my little uh, soapbox right. for Gowan. Put put some respect on his name. Rest in peace, Gowan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good for him. Um, what about uh, what about Perrin? What about Perrin in this book? I love. I don't know. I feel like Perrin still like was leveling up throughout the book. Where I feel like everyone had already reached like their peak before this book, and yeah, Perrin's still like, oh yeah, I need to figure out how to like get to Teleron Riyod like by myself right and i don't know what else did he do um, i mean the majority of was his conflict with slayer, slayer and it seemed like yeah like you say it seemed like everyone else had kind of like beaten this level of boss in their arcs but perrin yeah. is still going after the slayer, which he does you know finally I, I i agree i think that was maybe stretched out a little too far it was also kind of disappointing that during the whole last battle chapter he's sidelined healing from the crossbow bolts that he gets shot with while everyone else is doing the cool stuff he's just like sleeping his his, like he goes from that to like having the way cool moment with lanfear right in the actual cave like that's his big moment it felt like to me in Mm -hmm. that in in the book where he goes off the compulsion yeah i i think i think you guys are right with the critique over slayer like that shouldn't have they either needed to play up Slayer to be like worse than he actually was, or that should have simplified. I was kind of disappointed that I felt like a lot of, a lot of his like fighting during the last battle, like you're saying, it's like more like, <laughs> like his effects are more felt like indirectly as opposed to like a direct mm-hmm. part of the battle. And then I also was kind of disappointed that a lot of what he was able to do was just because Lanfear was helping him to an extent. I mean, it is cool to see him defeat Lanfear at the end, but it was kind of like, I don't know. I wish he could have held his own a little That being said, I thought it was awesome. I did like uh, Gaul going with him. I think that's how you say his yeah. name. And I liked how Gaul kind of got his own arc here a little bit too. And got a, like, he kind of learned like the world of dreams, right? And was bouncing around and defending Rand, which I, I mm. liked his arc there too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I like these like small characters, like minor characters, like having cool. Yeah, awesome. that's what that's moments, great. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, Gaul is awesome. And uh, also, Perrin's advice to Egwene, the uh, the it's just a weave thing for Balefire. 
mm-hmm. helps her figure out how to counter it with the with the big flame of Tarvalon. There, there's a couple conversations I wish we could have seen. Not that not that, that even happened, but I would love to have seen like Perrin and Egwene sit down and just like talk through their lives over the past like six books. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been one yeah. of the interesting. And then another one that would have been cool to see that did happen was like Hawkwing talking to Tuan. Yeah. And whatever mm-hmm. happened with Sean Chan. I don't know. I think there's several yeah. of them that like are alluded to or could have happened but didn't. That would have just been really interesting if we. I mean, we never even get the the three Two Rivers boys together. Right. Yeah. I wonder, like, there's the hope that Hawkwing talking to Tuan would, like, somehow change the intent of um, the Shan Chan in the future, like, their purpose and their belief system. But at the same time, Hawkwing, I mean, at the end of his life, hated the Aes Sedai, but there's, like, it's indirectly hinted that that was due to Ishamael. But I don't know. And at the same time, like, that would have happened regardless of, like, that would have happened in the future avienda saw anyway so maybe maybe that isn't Mm. (laughs) as impactful but there's like hope that it would be speaking of uh conversations like we kind of we skipped like straight to the battle but i loved the um like the the first part gathering um before the last battle and like the uh like we get more rand and dragon's piece yeah or when when moraine moraine comes back in makes her big entrance yeah and she's like Listen to him, Egwene. <laughs> like, I feel like Rand's like, ah, I, f- I feel validated after all these years of butting heads with the Moraine, and now she's on my side. <laughs> I was a little frustrated with Egwene throughout that part where she's like, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to listen to you. You're trying to control everyone, but I'm also trying to control everyone just against you. And Yeah. Mm. But they did hash it out later. They did. So that, they that did. was nice. Yeah. My uh, my roommate's reading this series right now. He just finished the second book, or my actually my old roommate, and uh, he's convinced that the Randalane romance is like or Randagwain romance is gonna continue. Like he's heard of the that there's three women, and he's like, well, Egwene must be one. But he's like starting to get confused how that works because <laughs> their yeah. paths are going yeah. different directions. Right, right. <laughs> I want Emily to keep reading. Cause she, she's kind of in that same mindset right now. She's halfway through. And so I want her to like, she has to get to the beginning of book four to like, get like, what, but what's going to happen. <laughs> Back to that initial part where they're, you know, kind of before the battle starts, I really liked Tams and Rand scene as well, where they kind of spar and have a father son bonding moment. And like, they kind of had re like mended their relationship in the last book, but I liked how that was a big part of, uh, Rand's final battle with the Dark One as well. Yeah, little makeup after just prior to the. Yeah, that was needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Mazram Taim was probably the he he maybe did like the second best after Demandred. I mean, we'll we'll get to our top three and bottom three, but you know, Emil was I don't I'm actually not sure how to pronounce that, but. You know, he, yeah, he was on the field for a while after becoming the Forsaken, being raised to the Forsaken. And uh, he became, like, he really leveled up as a villain and became someone that I really hated. And, you know, he was, like, the fact that he was why Egwene died, like, makes you hate him even more. But, like, at mm-hmm. least we did defeat him finally. Did he get the, I don't know, like, did he get the punishment that he deserved after 
being so evil and causing so much trouble? No, no, he didn't get the punishment he deserves. Um, <laughs> he should have been fed to his dogs. <laughs> I mean, did did any of them get the punishment they no, deserved? No, but you're, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. His his arc is great, right? And um, I I was honestly sad that like. He, like I wasn't expecting him to match Egwene. Like in my mind, I put Egwene power wise like way above him, mm. and so it was kind of a. I, I wasn't expecting to have them be the ones facing off. I guess I thought it'd be like a Loghain and Taim. That's actually what I thought Loghain was gonna do was fight against mm. Taim. Not that could have been Egwene. that could have been good. I mean that that uh, clash had been going on for for several books, so that could have been good. But we did finally get you know we we've been thinking for a while now that that Taim is going to the dark side and he does go full Darth Vader and uh, and join up at the beginning. Yeah, I think it was cool to see somebody turn into a Forsaken because we, you didn't really get to see any of that. Like you hear this person turned for this reason, this person turned for mm-hmm. this reason. Most of them were kind of lame. And I think Taim's reason was kind of lame, but true. Just like basically he just wanted power, right? That was it. I mean, it's, like, what, it's the reason most of them had. Yeah, well... Uh, Probably 90% of the men Forsaken were, and I got mad at Luz Theron yeah. because he's a jerk. Or yeah. I'm, I'm cooler than him, but everyone thinks he's cooler. Like, Whereas Tyam sure. didn't really have as much of a personal connection to Rand as to why he turned. At least from my interpretation, it was just he wanted power. I mean, he did diss Rand every single time, every opportunity that he could. But was that because he had like a personal vendetta against him, or is it just because he thought he was like better than Rand? You know? Yeah, sure, sure. Like he wasn't on the battlefield. Like I should have been the Dragon Reborn. Like fight me, loose there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's do our top three and bottom three, and then we can any you know other plot arcs that we need to talk through. We can we can expound upon at that time. So uh, not for the series. If you've listened before, you know that this is just for the book, A Memory of Light, the top three and bottom three performances from the respective characters. And after explaining all this and giving you guys time to think about it, uh, now is the time. So who's who's ready with the let's start with the let's start with the bottom. Usually we start with the top. I think let's start with the bottom. So let's let's switch it up. OK, I got a bottom three. All right. I'm going to start with uh, Mo Gideon. Sure. I feel like she didn't really do much. Like, she, it, And honestly, it's been a while, so I, I could be remembering wrong. But from my memory, she was kind of waiting for opportunities. And as soon as she saw one and seized it, she was like immediately killed. And so like uh-huh. not really effective at all. Um, uh-huh. Like she tried to take over after Demon Dread died, right? Yeah. What were we gonna say, Caden? I was gonna say her ending, like where, cause she, cause the Shan Chan come in and put a collar on her, right? And oh, I think just, that's is um, that actually I don't remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's in the epilogue. Like, so the drag, like there was the the gateway that opened and shoots you're her, right, and she like maybe right. gets knocked out, wakes up, yeah. everyone's dead. And yeah, I guess mm. is that when she tries? I think she does, and that's when she, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, she. I think oh, she does get leashed. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> well, she gets, yeah, she gets collared, and I remember thinking like. Hang on, did we already use this ending with like Elida already? Like mm-hmm. the gonna get carried off. I mean, that's one that seems like a fitting punishment. It does. Definitely for her. They should have put that male Adam on Mazram Taim. That would have been <laughs> what we needed. Um, and then I'm gonna say Lanfear. 
I don't know. She was just kind of disappointing in this last battle. And then number one for me, it's got to be Pat on Fane. This is like one where I think Brandon just missed the mark. Um, and he's talked about it where during the writing process, he thought he had like tied up these like plot elements in like a great way. And somehow this got missed. It just wasn't climactic enough. It was just like Matt just like goes into the mist, fakes dying and then kills Pat and Fane. Like there should have been a better, better battle there. And I, I wish the havoc of Pat on Fane was like raised mm. another level or two during the last battle. Get more like the Ma- out there. The Mashadar should have been wreaking, wreaking havoc on both sides yeah. of things and creating it additional sh- chaos. It should have been like the <laughs> like the uh, Heroes of the Horn are basically Aragorn's ghost army. Pat on Fane should have been his own ghost army, just <laughs> causing like just like versus chaos everyone. On both sides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, those are my bottom three. Mm. Okay. Kaden? Side, side tangent real quick. I thought of another emotional moment uh, when Bella dies. Oh, yeah. Like, How did we not guys, talk I, about that? I thought she was going to make it through the entire series. Like, I, She was not one I thought would die. So I was really disappointed. That was sad for me. I mean, the creator being killed, that kind of really, that really takes the shine off the victory. Well, that's it's, why you like you told me that theory, and that's why I just like wasn't even like obviously the last to make it, right? Like, <laughs> is this just my twisted memory, or did she not come out of the horn? For some reason, uh, I have this. I, I have don't this. Think so, I have this memory because awesome. she dies right before they blow the horn. I have this memory of maybe I just really wanted it to happen at the time. <laughs> I have this memory that she comes out of the horn and someone is riding her. Oh man, it's got to be Hawkwing, right? No, I mean, yeah. Don't remember that. Riding but... the creator into battle. <laughs> I, I Sorry, guys. That could that be. That's, maybe that's just that's cool, Jake. Either way, I like fan that. fiction. Yeah, yeah. I'll write that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Back back to my bottom three here. Um, and you took some good ones. I'll throw in um, so Grendel, also my bottom three here. Grendel's um, reborn I'll... is like Hes- Hela Sama or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Starts with an H, ugly lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, to be fair, she like she definitely killed a lot of people. Yeah, she she caused some major havoc. Yeah, was she the one doing the compulsion on the uh, yeah the generals as well? Mm -hmm. Yes, she was. She was did all the compulsion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know about that bottom three placement, Caden. Like she 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 gets a lot done. what what was her point? Like, why was she doing it? Like, what was her goal? Just to like kill people? Like, I, I well, don't it know. Was, like, what's her overall goal here? They would have lost the whole battle. She, they would have lost the whole battle if um, Matt. Didn't, if she succeeded. Well, if Matt didn't like use his luck power, his like cosmic probability. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Weak, weak addition to my number third on the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, but it stands. It stands. Stands, yeah. There's not a lot of Forsaken left to choose at this point, guys. <laughs> Let's see. Number two. I, man, I'm sorry, Jake. I'm putting Gawain in my, my bottom three here. Man, you can do it if you want. You just... you just He didn't ha- do anything, like, fancy, and people overlook him for that. For the reasons previously discussed, Gawain is on the bottom. I, yeah, I'm just going to have to go with... Yeah. Also, I'm having a hard time coming up with new people, because... My my original list included the ones that Jake. Jake Fail usually is on a bottom three. How do you think she did this time? Um, 
She's I was gonna put her on mine. mine. Were you? I yeah, I wasn't. I don't. Wasn't I don't think she can be on a bottom three because of she like she got the horn out and yeah. I mean, she didn't do bad, but her parts were just like not as compelling. But if you're gonna do that, then you have to put like Tom in the bottom three too, since he Ooh, just kind of sat, sat there, there for the most part. He did. He did like one thing. He I was, think he, he took was, out. Yeah, yeah, he took out like a great. He was basically on his honeymoon. He was like. All right, with Moraine sitting sitting by the cave, playing some tunes. <laughs> Things are great. <laughs> All right, and then number one, I'm gonna put Slayer as my number one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah, Slayer, that's I don't a good think one, we yeah. need to say anything more. Just, yep. just disappointing. Right. All right, I'll go. Uh, I I am gonna put Fiel in mind just because I wasn't super interested in what she was doing for the most part. Um, I'm putting, I'm sorry, but I'm putting Perrin in there for maybe some of the reasons we discussed already. And it was just kind of disappointing to see him miss out on all the big action. Like everyone was doing cool things except for Perrin who was sleeping. But that's, that's kind of lame, Perrin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know circumstances uh, hindered him, but at the same time, it's a little lame. And uh, number one, uh, I am uh, once again going with Elaine. <laughs> And, I, I, I don't remember <laughs> enough of what Elaine does in this book. Well, she doesn't do much. And she initially has command over the armies after the dragon's peace is like negotiated. And I'm thinking like Elaine gets the command. Like, really? Are we sure that this is the one we want to choose? But indeed, she does. Uh, she starts off with command. And I was mostly just disappointed with her inability. Like, sure, you know, the the move to... The move to trick the generals and and do the compulsion like that's not that's a pretty good move, but maybe your commander should try to like ferret this out a little bit. Like we know compulsion is a thing. We we should maybe like prepare for this risk or come up with some kind of plan to to have some contingencies around the generals. And I know she's not the only one that's tricked because Lan is for a while. But you know what Lan does after he realizes he's tricked, he goes and kicks Agamar out and takes command and like makes things happen so yeah uh yeah elaine hmm. and you know she's almost killed by hamlin again so, and she basically cedes all all responsibility to matt right yeah like yeah matt yeah, yeah matt comes in and just uh, you know, usurps her authority <laughs> all right I, um, I feel bad like trashing elaine again after we probably trashed her so many times in our bottom three so that's why i didn't we have it. just just for that one like i felt bad to uh to satisfy Ben and Josh, I'll say I don't think she be- belongs in a bottom three in this one. But to be fair, I don't. I'd have to do a reread for what all she does. So, one of my favorite moments in this book is when Brigida calls like Elaine boring. Like, there's like this one moment where she's just like, <laughs> "You've always been extremely boring," and I'm like, "That's Brandon Sanderson right there, just like calling out Robert Jordan, just like, like breaking <laughs> the fourth wall." <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like. <laughs> You're basic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, top threes. Uh, top three. Uh, man, I'm gonna go. Gotta go, Gwen for sure. She had. She really showed herself to be a true Amberlynn seat. Um, just everything. She was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Not very long tenured, but no, very but effective. And very like imagine like the the impact and the like influence and like for she probably has the most like she'll have the like highest ratio of amount talked about 
to amount of time served compared to probably any other mm-hmm. Sedai at all, uh, let alone just the Merlins. Lots of um, lots of Gleeman tales about Egwene. Yeah. Oh man, there's there's so many that were great. Um, I'm gonna have to throw Andrel in there too. Just and this is like more of a top three to Brandon Sanderson himself, just for how he has Andrel use gateways and gateways in general in this with like the sneak attacks using a freaking volcano. Um, and yeah, Andrel's great. Oh yeah. Um, and then a number one, I'm kind of having a hard time. Just like a number one, I'll probably do Matt. Just his uh, his uh, generaling in general. <laughs> Matt in general, get it. Uh, was mm, amazing. Yeah, good one. Good dad joke. Uh, good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just loved how like on the fly he was with everything, and um, it was almost like a, a Spidey sense moment when he started to like like realize all these things were off and make mm-hmm. these uh, connections. Those are my top. Okay, Kaden. All right, I'm gonna throw in. I'm just gonna go off a little bit here outside the box and go with Oliver as number three. Okay. Uh, because I had no idea what the point of his character was, like in the last five books until until now, and <laughs> was really happy. Like this is his this was his book to shine for when he stabbed the that uh, whoever the you know the female channeler in the back right and freed uh, Fael and and all of them right, and then when he he blows the horn and gets to ride into battle with Jane Forstrider and anyway, it was I yeah that was cool. <laughs> Um, he needs a shout out. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Lan for all the reasons we already talked about, but Lan can't channel and kill the Forsaken, so that's yeah. uh, pretty amazing. And then number one, like I probably would have chosen Matt, Matt originally, just because I love the whole like just the chess game going on during the battle. But someone needs to uh, choose Rand, I think, and put Rand in the top three because he defeats the Dark One and mm. his his plan works out with Kalandor, right? You've known Kalandor's going into the last battle. You know it's flawed and mm-hmm. you're kind of wondering, okay, how is this going to play out? And I should have been able to guess it, but I didn't. But in the end, it totally works out and now he can light his pipe without the power. So uh, go Rand. <laughs> so, uh, so what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was waiting for you guys to tell me, but suddenly, is is he the creator or no? But he, uh, he like somehow has figured out how to just like weave the pattern, like without Sidey and Sidar, he just can will things into existence now. Like he achieves some something past Zen Rand. He's now she I am the pattern it. Rand. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think I can't remember if even Brandon knows, but it's definitely been said like. We're not supposed to know. Like, it's always going to be a mystery, but I always interpret yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like Brandon is always, he's been asked this question. I don't think he's ever answered it on purpose. And One of the things, sorry, go ahead, Jake. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's like kind of similar to how the, the apple blossoms at the beginning of Tower of Midnight. I think it's just a more conscious um, effort. What were you going to say? One thing that I thought was interesting about Rand's, uh, like him, like riding off into the sunset like, he has all this knowledge now, right? He remembers everything from, like, the Age of Legends that he had lived as Luce there. And, and he's just, like, mm-hmm. going to disappear and, and go away. And I feel like he has, like, so much he could share with people. Like, Don't you think he's already had enough of a duty heavier than a mountain lifetime? Does it have to be a duty? Can it just be, like, a, I want my own life to be better, so let's invent whatever the cool you know, all the inventions they had back in that day. I, I don't know. You're right. He definitely deserves a nice vacation, but I'm just like, man, like 
in, in my head canon, he does do that because that was one thing he was really big on in Carrion. Right. Um, is he, or Kyrian, whatever, however it's pronounced, Schools. he wanted to build that uh-huh. school. In my head canon, that's what he does. He's like a Johnny Appleseed, but instead of planting okay. apples, he's like planting ways to like build society back up into something closer to the age. But seems kind of like a seems kind of like a lonely life, you know. Would it would it be lonely though? I really like the ending where like the uh, the three ladies recognize that they can they can uh, feel him still. Yeah, and he's like, "Haha, which one's gonna come after me first, suckers?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I still that got is all such three. that, and I think the that ending was written by Robert Jordan. I think that whole last yeah like, everything was... post. Um, Anyways, that is just such a cool way to end it. Like the, uh, it's kind of like, I just imagine like, oh, they're like eyeing each other and like nothing. It's like in a cinematic way, nothing is being said, but you know what they're thinking and then just leaves with mm-hmm. them leaving mm-hmm. or ends with them leaving. I think the the theory that I've seen that w- with the with the pipe is that since he was using the power outside of the pattern when he was going up against the dark one, like now he's got the ability to influence the pattern directly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause he was basically shaping the pattern in his battle with right. the dark one. Right. So this, uh-huh. this reality that per, uh, remained is, uh, it's his basic, reality. It's ba- yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, um, has his stamp of approval on it. So, uh-huh. or his, like he helped create it maybe. So it is creator ran creator and yeah <laughs> yeah there you go i also think it's funny like if and i don't know how much of the how much robert jordan wrote of like the actual conflict with the dark one but the whole idea of like choice versus free will and like um you know if you know anything about sanderson's religious beliefs you know that like this is something that is big for him so uh, i think it's funny that that kind of became one of the big uh one of the one of the big final things I'd have to say it, it. I'd say like it'd have to be something from the beginning that Robert Jordan planned, but it is kind of a huge coincidence if that's the case. I just can't imagine Robert Jordan planning this series and then having like nah, I don't really know how the yeah, especially sure, with that sure, last sure. chapter written like the way yeah. it is with our theory of how Rand can do. It. But yeah, yeah. At, at, at yeah, at best it's a coincidence, but but a funny. But one. it's a yeah, a pretty <laughs> yeah. big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> before we end. And you got to do your top three. I do. I would like to go over some like big theories leading up to the last battle of how Rand would beat the last battle. So I, we can do that after mm. your top three. Okay. Um, I'll just go quick then. And uh, I mean, there are a lot. So yeah, um, I'll say Min does some low key good things. Avienda does some does some low key good thing. Like you know, everyone's doing stuff. Nynaeve. Obviously, I maybe those three girls are uh, make my top three. Another like huge heart tugging moment to me was when Avienda had to kill Ruark because of the compulsion. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was pretty good, really really well written emotional yeah. stakes. Okay, Jake, tell us your tell us your theories. Well, I was I just think it's fun. Like you didn't really get to experience this, Caden, um, um, but like I would be checking Theoryland all the time for like trying to interpret these prophecies and how they're going to play out into the, the last battle. I specifically, there's one where it's like the three must be one. Um, and in the last battle, the way I interpret it now, which I, I could be wrong is like the true power, one power 
I mean, the the true power Sidar and Sidene use together yeah. to defeat the Dark One. Having that buffer, the true power, so nothing gets tanked and all that. Um, but there were some crazy theories about that. One person I remember was like, well, Avienda, Elaine, and Men all are going to merge because well, they, they all have a <laughs> fraction of Ilyana's soul in them. They like, they're all. They're three different um, avatars of Ileana Reborn, and they're going to merge somehow, and that's going to be central to <laughs> defeating the Dark One. I remember hearing okay. that, and like, wow, that is crazy, but same cool. Um, there are other ones with Kalendor, I can't remember. Another one that I thought was le- would legitimately have a place in it is somehow the the old tree singing from the Ogier. Like, the Ogier would teach Thiel to sing again, and then the mm. Tinkers would recover that song. And that would, like, them finding the song would be a huge plot point. Maybe they, like, sing the Dark One's prison completely shut after the battle. But yeah, that never really got resolved, huh? This, this song. I think I, I've read some, uh, like, I've read some people post about it. And that the intent was that the Tinkers would never find the song. Because they'd kind of, they'd gotten to the point where they knew they were looking for a song. But they had no idea what that meant and so like in their culture it was more important to be looking for a song than to actually find one Mm. because there's a moment where they like we do get to see some ogier tree singing and i think that was the song that they're missing and they just like they're oblivious to it because what they're looking for which is kind of Mm. a cool but like a, a melancholy way to wrap up that plot point i don't know do you remember any like what was your theory steven or, or I guess, yeah, Steven and Caden, like, going into this, what were you thinking was going to be, like, central to defeating the Dark One? Too long ago. I can't remember. Can't remember? I'm trying to think if I even had a theory. I think I was just, like, excited to go along for the ride. Um, this was only, like, three weeks ago, and I can't even... <laughs> Dang, that's, like, the pro and con of, of reading a series when it's already out. Like, the pro is, obviously, you yeah. don't have mm-hmm. to wait years to get something like Crossroads of Twilight. But the con is... You don't get that, like, between okay. time of all the theorizing. Yeah. We'll have to do some theorizing for uh, the next Stormlight book, because I know there's already a lot of those out. Yeah, we need to, because that's basically oh, a, like, an ending. It's an ending, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, well, this is not, this is an ending for uh, the Wheel of Time portion of, uh, of of our reviews with Caden, but it's not the ending, because... We are going to do a new spring whenever uh, you get around to it, Caden. No pressure. But when you do, let us know. And we will, I guess that will be, that may be the ending of our reviews with you. Yeah, I mean, obviously (laughs) we can, we can figure out uh, what the future of Phantology is. It's hard to plan too far. But uh, thanks for uh, tuning in to book 14. This has been, uh, this has been a fun one to record and reminisce about. And I'm guessing this is maybe like a little cathartic for you Caden to be able to like kind of talk through some of these emotions that you've had <laughs> yeah for sure uh I, I still am gonna have to mourn for a little bit longer I feel like that I yeah I guess that's why I need to jump into new spring to get a little bit more of the world yeah all right guys good, good ride see everyone later thanks guys <laughs>